today, we sit down for an exclusive one-on-one inside look into the mind of Chris Birch. Chris Birch is a co-founder of popular fashion brand Tory Birch. He's also a creative mind and investor behind brands such as Eagle's Eye, Ed by Ellen DeGeneres, and Nihi Sumba Island. Nihi has been awarded the number one luxury hotel in the world by Travel and Leisure for the second year running. I'm Kyle Widrick. This is the Creator Series. Chris Birch, thank you for being here once again. People loved our last segment on the Creator Series about your life. This time today, we're going to actually talk about specifically money and business and how you think about those subjects. Um, if someone were to ask you today about your career, started your Well, own. I started my first company out of college, selling door-to-door on college campuses. And I had this brainy idea that I was going to sell sweaters door-to-door on college campuses to preppy girls. Uh, and I was going to expand the network all through the country. So is that the first thing you started to sell or did you sell? Well, obviously, when I was in college, you know, we my my friend Bruce Kelly and I, we ran the uh, we ran all the hot dog concessions at Ithaca College. Okay. We had pinball machines at Cornell University. We had about 50 different things. And really, my first real entrepreneurial thing was in prep school. I was getting the New York Times at a wholesale level and selling it. So I had like seven or eight business in college. I spent very little time learning and a lot of time doing. Did you just like making money? You liked having money in your pocket? So I grew up like reading Richie Rich because he's kind of like my hero. Like some people have a hero, Steve Jobs. But my comic book figure, Richie Rich, was great because look, he had a gold pool. Um, he had a ton of money. He could do whatever he wanted. I'd read my Richie Rich comics as a kid. I go, I'm going to be Richie Rich someday. Hmm. Got it. And did you, did you admire folks back then? Did you have people outside of the kind of the Richie Rich idea? Were there specific mentors that you learned from that kind of taught you things in business? Uh, you know, my dad was my mentor, right? I really admired my father. He was an independent business guy. He was awesome. He was a great athlete, University of Virginia. He could do it all. And I always respected him. And he always, you know, instead of having a regular summer job, we go to like the plant that made blacktop and take our car and fill it with blacktop and then go around to neighbors and and do their driveway over for him. So we were always trying to find ways to make money without that nine to five job. So the base was built one is to work hard, and the two is to do things that made you more money than the four bucks an hour, three bucks an hour back then. Mm. When I got to college, and then I and I was a terrible, terrible student. Like, I don't want to even tell you how bad my grades were. So I go to this New England prep school. My parents never even let me come home for Thanksgiving because they, uh, I'm not sure they wanted me home, but uh, so I'd be there all alone. I'd reflect, and I'd try to find ways to make a lot of money. And so in prep school, I sold the newspapers, and I always was thinking about how I could do the next thing. And then finally, when I got to college at Ithaca, uh, I really started to just go for it. And you guys got to understand, back then, no one was into making money. It was Vietnam War. Okay. It was right at the end of it. It was kind of marching. No one really went. There was no entrepreneurship. There were no entrepreneurship programs. No, everyone was like, oh, you got to go work for Procter & Gamble. You got to go work for a law firm. You got to go do this. And it's kind of the opposite today where all young entrepreneurs is all they want to do is go work for somebody. True. It's interesting. So you were focused on making money from an early age. You've made a lot of money. Does money mean 
anything to you today? What, what do you? Let's just make something really clear. Money meant a lot to me growing up. Mm -hmm. What it could buy. It wasn't that I would buy it, it's what it could buy. Sure. So I'll never forget I was a tennis player and a great athlete, not a great athlete, I was a good athlete in college. And so I'd think about, I remember the first time I made like four grand, I'm like, I could buy a tennis court with that. So it was the idea of visualizing what you could do, but not doing. Sure. Right now in my life, I'm really driven by curiosity. I never look back. I could care less about what I did. I care about what I'm going to do. What I care about is my sphere of impacting younger people, working with great entrepreneurs, helping them build an amazing career, and trying to make them not to make the stupid goddamn mistakes that they all do today. Because right. they're layer thin. That's a good transition. I mean, would you, you mentor a lot of people. You've been a great mentor to me. Um, how do you get young entrepreneurs to be realistic and self-aware about what they're capable of? Because not everyone's going to be a Chris Birch and create, you know, hundred million dollar businesses. How do you try to get them on the right track for who they are? So first of all, like entrepreneurs got to be curious. Okay. And you can't live in your own world. You can't live on that layer. And I've seen the difference between the speed in which we're moving now. And, you know, I always thought the downfall of entrepreneurship was when the Facebook movie came out and I walked out of that movie and I said, we're in for a real real freaking hurricane of losers, okay? It's gonna be every person in the world with some kind of idea is gonna think they can start a business. And I said to my friends, I said, look, we should just make like guards for the fingers because they're gonna be typing away so much. When media pushes an agenda, you have a problem. So all of a sudden now we live in a day where 70% of college kids think they can start their own business. And what people need to do is be realistic, yes, a large part of people can start their own gender, but they gotta know what they do well and what they don't. It's a rare, rare, rare find, like finding a green tortoise that lives in the desert that there's only one of in the world where people can do all things. Right. So as an entrepreneur, you gotta think about the fact that you are a very limited human. So it's that idea where you gotta go 10 deep, you gotta go deep on the creativity, you gotta go deep on the knowledge, and you got to talk to people that are older, not younger. Right. What happens to millennials today is they yicky-yak. They all go to the Soho house, they go to these places, and they talk about, oh, we're gonna sell it for a multiple of this. Did you hear this? Or we're the next Uber, the next thing. There is no next Uber. The real next Uber is, how do we, as a group of people, think way out of the box? Start a business that's not a business. Think of things. Why, why, why are there so many people that are going into fashion and going to things? Because millennials and people have a tendency to think through their own perspective. They don't think of the perspective from the supply chain mm -hmm. or the perspective from other things. Makes sense. You talk about limitations. Do you have limitations? What areas are you not great? I'd rather talk about how few positive things I have. I am the most limited human in the world. I am a, I have very few skills. I have, uh, I have a memory that, I don't know, I, whatever the least animal in the world has, my memory is worse. I don't remember anything, 
nothing, zero, zilch. I mean, 10,000 people a year, if I remember one, I'm lucky. So I realize I'm limited by memory. I'm limited by the fact that I'm highly impulsive. I am limited by the fact that shit comes out of my mouth that I can't even believe and it, it, it escapes. It's driving down the street and I have to get my assistant to go drive it and bring it back and it ain't working. <laughs> so I like to think, and everyone should think, it's not what we're good at, it's what we're bad at. And by the way, you don't work at things you're bad at. Another big mistake. Okay. You hire and find people that are great at things you don't do. Got it. Is Chris Birch ever gonna win a mentoring contest? Maybe against a second grader, but I doubt I'd win that. <laughs> Got it. So it's hiring for key areas that you're not good at around you. you know, in the world of skills and talent, um, how much of that is born versus taught? Like were you, uh, obviously you were born some level of well, you know, I, I, Look, I like try that to- tenacity, I, I, that- I try to say like, I think 80% of who we are and what we are are born genetically. I truly believe that if you put Chris Birch on a farm in Iowa, Chris Birch would have ended up doing a creative business. Okay. If you put people, the drive of genetics, and that's history and history of things, is very driven. Now, the environment either supports that drive or de-supports that drive. Okay. I like to think of that 80% of who we are is where we're born. By the age 11 as a parent, there's very little we can change. And I like to think of that every human has amazing skills and qualities, but we're living in a world where friends and everything are influencing their decisions about where they need to go. And people today have to really look like who they are. When you look back at some of the bigger successes that you've had, Eagle's Eye and you know, Tory Burch, big businesses, was it timing? Was it people? Was it the idea itself? No, it's really simple, right? Is there any luck involved? Uh, tremendous luck. Because uh, I grew up in an environment with really good taste, where I understood fashion and design and what quality was and what quality was. Um, tremendous tenacity, um, not giving up, very important, and not letting anyone in the fucking world tell you you can't do it, and never giving up. Um, and I think like, it's it's like, you know, they talk about Tory or Eagle's Eye, but now I have a great business now in DeGeneres, it's huge. I'm really lucky that I'm a very, a, a, a pretty good, investor because I go to the childhood of the person. I ask all about how they grew up and whatever they do. I just want to know who they are. What's that tenacity? If they're amazing engineers, what kind of humans are they? Are they going to treat my capital like it's their own capital? And I think the combination is I actually think I'm a better investor than a starter. So I created Poppin, which is you know office supplies. But I think the guy running Poppin today is Randy is really, really excellent. You know, Eagle's Eye, my brother and I ran day and day. Let's talk Is about the, that for a second. You, you've started two businesses with family. Right. Uh, a lot of people say you shouldn't start a business with family or it's difficult. Looking back, it was the right choice. The only it's kind of like that analogy is, for me, the business I started with family turned out to be extraordinarily successful businesses, but we, but 
it, it's, it, it causes a lot of pain and consternation. So I would suggest not starting a business with a family member. I think the best business can be with friends. I think you should never have a business with three partners because you're doomed. And you got to make sure that you respect them at every level and that there's some way you can get out of the relationship if it doesn't work. So you're saying two max as partners, no more than two? No more. Okay. Why would you want to have three partners and two people gang up on one? Yeah, interesting. 